Hi, this is Michael Waits, and welcome back to the Asia InsureTech podcast. This is the only podcast in Asia focused on insurance that gives entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and investors a platform to discuss how technology is reshaping the insurance industry in Asia and beyond. This episode of the Asia InsureTech podcast is brought to you by Uncharted. In this rapidly changing environment, the ability to operate your business online is mission critical. Powered by Uncharted's core insurance and distribution platform, carriers and brokers now have the ability to launch new distribution channels in a matter of weeks and any product through any channel in any market in just days. If your core insurance technology isn't providing your business with an enduring competitive advantage, visit www.uncharted.global or email info at uncharted.global to speak to the team today. Speaking of today, today I'm joined by Sibtain Juwani, the founder of smartchoice.pk. How are you doing today? It's so great to have you on the show. Hi, Michael. It's, uh, it's, it's awesome to be on the show, and thank you for having me. What do you think is the biggest trend in InsureTech in Pakistan today? So in Pakistan right now, there's about 35, 30, more than 35 insurance players in market. While majority of the market is still uh, working on the conventional way of approaching customers, there's now a trend of finding new distribution channels to acquire customer and reach out to the customer uh, in, in different ways uh, through, through technology, through working with aggregators, working with telecom telecom companies, partnering with telecom companies. So there's a huge wave of finding new ways to, uh, to cut down their existing cost of acquiring customers and, all, and also increase their, uh, their customer base. And that's a very common problem, I think, that insurtechs are solving throughout Asia as well. I want to back up for a second and just get a little bit of your background for context for our listeners. Sure. So uh, I did my uh, uh, degree uh, in business information technology. Okay. From Manchester Metropolitan University. Then I I decided to come back to Pakistan. Initially, actually, I wanted to do my own startup, but that was back in 2008, and there was not enough penetration of internet at that time. So I decided to you know put that plan on hold and. Uh, I started working for a young uh, financial technology company in in their business development uh, side. Initial plan was to work there for for three years and then start my own thing, but then that went on for another, for another seven eight years. <laughs> so uh, uh, so yeah, it it went on quite long. But I learned a lot of uh, things, uh, made a lot of network, did a lot of networking, uh, uh, made a lot of friends. Uh, and then eventually I, I decided to, uh, you know, uh, start my own thing. But initially when I started, I did not do this uh, completely full time, even though the plans were that I'll jump in straight away and just do this, this thing. But I had a family to support and, and, and make, make sure that I have some financial backing going on. So I did that, did this smart choice for, for on part time basis for, uh, for about, 18 months and then then I started doing uh, smart choice full time in 2000 late 2016 so when you finished university right you said you were initially this is back in 2008 I think you said you said yeah. I wanted to start my own venture but just the penetration of the internet in Pakistan at that time was just too small right yeah what was it about entrepreneurship or starting your own thing that was attractive to you in other words had you always felt that way is your family entrepreneurs like what is it 
about like just not wanting to go get a job at somebody else's shop that that you wanted to do? There, there are actually two things which, since you mentioned family, I'll just talk about. Uh, so my father is 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 a businessman. Okay. Uh, he he got into business uh, in early 1980s. So uh, so yeah, I think obviously I have uh, I've uh, I've heard a lot of stories from him. Uh, obviously, the way he, he uh, works uh, and hours and uh, and and the, how creative he is with money and everything. So uh, I think that is how uh, I was very interested in doing business. Uh, the second thing which actually made me do more than this is uh, is actually when I went to England. I was too young. I was 18 years old when I moved there uh, for studies. And I, I I saw huge opportunity because what what I saw in Pakistan and where where England was, uh, in everything from you know uh, financial penetration to uh, how technology is being used in every sector and in every industry to yeah. reach out to customers to and make everything so convenient. Um, so I and everything was on fingertips. Like renting a house in in Manchester was like a piece of cake. We could just go on online. An agent would contact us. We would do the viewing, and and we've got the property. And the landlord doesn't even have to worry that am I going to you know leave the property uh, after after eleven months or twelve months or renew the contract or not? Will I pay a security deposit? Will I pay everything on time? So everything was so you know process oriented, right? Uh, which which made me think, why can that not happen in Pakistan? We have a huge population; it's two hundred million people. Yeah, it's right. A, it's a big country. Yeah, it's 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 so huge, and uh, uh, we have all it takes to to make it happen. Uh, and we have great minds. Yep. We have uh, we can adopt technology, so I think if someone has to take that initiative, so I thought, why can I not be the one to do that? I love it. So tell yeah. me this: when you finally went out on your own, right after spending that eighteen months, kind of doing it on the side, what have you learned about the uniqueness of building a tech startup in Pakistan? In other words, what are the things that people like I am who don't haven't been there and haven't experienced the ecosystem? What can you tell us about the uniqueness of building a tech startup there? Well, in Pakistan, the best part about Pakistan is that we have a lot of great technology people. Okay. Because there's a lot of Pakistan is like the fifth largest uh, freelance market. Like there are a lot of freelance, uh, you know, people who do freelance work in Pakistan. Okay. So that means that companies and individuals both are uh, are getting a lot of outsourcing outsourcing work. So they are basically working on a lot of great businesses out there in the in Europe or Middle East or or, or the Western world, right. uh, building technology. Uh, so they understand that part. That part is solved. I can I can hire a great tech techie here, so I can pay them and I can get them on board. The only problem that we see in Pakistan is to great to find a great technology partner who becomes uh, who understands the business as well. Or who understand what it takes to make it a, a scalable business or a sustainable business. Okay. So uh, that is that is a challenge in Pakistan to find. Uh, it's a rare, you know, find uh, that you you find a CTO or a, who can actually become a co-founder who would understand your business, who would understand technology, who know how to build teams. And so yeah, that is one of the biggest challenge I would see in Pakistan. There is either you find a great business guy or you find a, a great tech guy. 
but uh, you don't find them together, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's pretty fair, actually, everywhere in the world, but maybe it's a little bit more um, pronounced in, in Pakistan today, but that's definitely going to change over time, for sure. Yeah. And I, I asked you this offline, but I want to address it online as well. What can you tell us about broadband or high-speed internet penetration? And the reason why is because I was looking at your website, and I expected to see, and I did see a ton of information about insurance and insure tech stuff. But at the bottom, it had this section off to the left that said broadband or high-speed internet. Why, why is that there, and, and what is the penetration like? <laughs> right. Uh, so there's a there's a story behind it, obviously. Uh, so when I started uh, working on Smart Choice, 3G and 4G, well, 3G actually was launched in 2014 in Pakistan. And I started working on this part-time, like initially I started this in 2015. So when I started it, I decided not to start with insurance. I started decided to start with well, actually, the what what I wanted Smart Choice to be was actually a financial supermarket. Got it. So we wanted a range. I wanted a range of products there, from mutual funds to insurance to credit card loans, broadband. Everything was was part of there. So it was supposed to be a supermarket. So initially, I started. I, I was making an MVP, so I just wanted to try it out and see what the customers, how the customers would respond to an aggregator like us. Right. Uh, uh, because a lot of there is a lot of trust issue in Pakistan when it comes to e-commerce purchase. Still, there is a lot of trust issues, and people like to really, you know, be, be thorough about what they are buying online, uh, because there are a lot of scams or 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 or, 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 or a lot of other other issues which which happen in e-commerce, which are which are very common throughout the world and in Pakistan. So we decided. I decided to start with broadband only, and I thought, you know, why in 2015, uh, 3G is launched, so there's a lot of demand now, and then fiber internet was coming to Pakistan. So I decided to launch with broadband comparison uh, in 2015. Then I went on to add uh, banking products like credit card, car loans in 2016, uh, and in the same year, I also added insurance. So, so that is how it is there. But now, right now, we're just focusing completely on insurance. We've paused everything uh, because we could not find the scale and the growth that we were looking for in both the segments, broadband and banking. And now it's only insurance. So, and so about penetration in Pakistan, right now there's uh, more than 50 million people uh, who have access to internet. Okay. And 80% of that access is through mobile broadband. That's what I wanted. Uh, okay, that's mobile. cool. So, so yeah. Uh, and the remaining is fiber or wireless Wi-Fi technologies and other uh, technology which is used by everyone at home. So, so, yeah. Does that make Pakistan really a mobile first country? I mean, Thailand is that way. Malaysia is that way. Indonesia is that way as well. But does that make Pakistan mobile first? Yeah. Definitely, there is there is uh, uh, still the penetration of fiber internet or line based internet is still not great, and it is growing, but it's it's not growing as fast as from z- from from zero to fifty million. It happened in like five years. Uh, this we're talking about mobile. So you mentioned earlier, and I want to get back to insurance in particular and InsureTech as well. You mentioned earlier there are 35 insurance companies or insurance providers in Pakistan in a country of 250 million. And just to give you perspective, there are over 70 in Thailand in a country that's, what, uh, one-third, a little bit less than one-third the size, a little bit more than one-third the size, excuse me. What makes the insurance market, excuse me, and the InsureTech space in Pakistan different from surrounding countries and, and the rest of Asia? 
there's a huge difference because in Pakistan it's a, we are we are an Islamic country, right? Uh, there is, there is huge issue of customers considering insurance not allowed in in Islam. So uh, though there is an alternate of takaful which is available, uh, but even in that on in Pakistan there are only two providers who who are actually takaful only insurance providers. Whereas the rest of the insurance companies have now started window takaful operations, which is just another uh, you know window of doing one of the businesses channel or, or channel to acquire uh, Islamic insurance takaful. So the adoption rate has been really low in Pakistan, and it is one of the lowest in the region. So insurance companies base has not increased or actually has gone down because of mergers or acquisitions in the last uh, few years. Uh, it's primarily because uh, they they have struck, struggled to find new customer base uh, or or actually increase their customer base uh, if I may say that uh, so that is that is a huge challenge uh, and that is why uh, it's uh, they now they are exploring new ways to do that uh, so yeah that is a, that is what's the difference that's a huge difference though right in other words I was on I recorded I think it was last month with a company in Indonesia that is providing sort of Islamic style finance to try to figure out a way to create a financial marketplace for obviously, you know, Indonesia is the largest, I believe, Islamic country in the world. Pakistan maybe is a close second, but he was also struggling to try to get people to do that. And there were big bank providers that did that, but kind of only on the side. And I hadn't considered that from the insurance perspective. Can you say what takaful is so that people can get a better understanding? So Takaful is an is an alternate product which is available, which is which is Sharia compliant. Yeah. Uh, Sharia compliant means that it is approved by the Islamic board. There's a panel of scholars who allow this kind of product, which is which is actually uh, has different contractual arrangements as compared to the conventional way of insurance. Uh, however, the uh, the way it actually uh, appears to the end customer is similar to the standard insurance product. So customers uh, uh, do not easily understand, or there is not much difference in the in the way it is marketed or the way it is positioned. Uh, but there are some nitty gritties in this product uh, in in Takaful, which makes it quite different and makes it quite unique as well. But unfortunately, even Takaful companies do not communicate it properly. They make it either too religious or they make it too just similar to insurance. So if it is insurance, similar to insurance, you know, Muslims think that, oh, it is just a wrapper. And uh, it is actually uh, not not something which is for me and it's not allowed. And, and then there are, again, a, a lot of school of thoughts, in, even in Islam. So that makes it a bit of a challenge for uh, these Thakaful companies to address all of them uh, by one answer. How do you address those challenges, right? Are you because you're not operating in the takaful space? You're operating in the traditional insurance area. No, we are, we are operating in both. Okay. So uh, maybe it's not visible very clearly on our website, but if you go in the menus, you would see that we we address both of them. So as an aggregator, we are not we are completely unbiased, right? We are completely transparent. Yep. So if we are both of that, that means we. We, we do takaful as well as well as conventional. So if a customer asks for takaful, we are ready to offer that. So yeah, we don't we don't discriminate or we don't turn away the customer. We always say yes to the customer. Got it. So one of the other questions that I want to ask you about the state of the 
tech startup ecosystem in Pakistan is funding, right? In other words, how do you get funded or, or have you been funded? And either way, if you do need to raise money to build your business, do you go outside of the country to do it? You know, a lot of people go to Singapore to do that or they look to Japanese companies to fund. What is the funding landscape like for a company like yours? Pakistan is at a very early stage of this startup scene. It's uh, There are very few VCs in Pakistan. Okay. There are a lot of angel investors, but again, you can only access them through your own personal network if you have access. Right, right. Primarily, people raise big money. If they want to raise really large amount of money, they some of the VCs would, would actually lead around or would follow on, but most of the money comes from outside Pakistan and simply... Uh, from U.S. is, is one of the uh, places where people raise money in Singapore, as you've already said. So, uh, and funds in Pakistan are really small. We have raised money. We have raised some money through a local investor, an okay. angel investor who came in really early, took all the risk at that time when we started in 2016. But after, after that, uh, we raised money through uh, an accelerator based in Oman, uh, then through an expat as well. So uh, there's another source is expat community of Pakistanis, which are based in Singapore or other parts of the world, who are very interested to invest in Pakistan and they, and they see a bright future of Pakistan and they want to do something for the country. So this investment has become one of their ways, vehicles to actually you know, give something back to the country and see if they can contribute in a, in, a, in, a, in a better way as well. And do you think that changes over time? In other words, do you think that that angel investment community then grows into a more mature venture capital community? Is that something you see or you want to see happening there? Well, definitely. Uh, I, I want to see that happen. But I, 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 yes, that would happen through because these VCs obviously raise their own money through the same far, uh, through, to, to the same people. To, they go to the same people to pitch their right. Uh, portfolio or or what their vision is. So yeah, there's there's a, a lot of family businesses in Pakistan, a lot of individuals who are uh, who can actually uh, you know uh, invest through the VC route or putting their money in the VC fund and then uh, uh, you know VCs investing. So definitely that is happening. That is uh, there are two to three funds which have already been set up uh, and they have been set up by a great uh, companies who've been in Pakistan for the last number of years. So, yeah, I, I think that is happening already and happening and there are a lot of positives uh, happening in the investment space in Pakistan. Awesome. Tell me a little bit more about Smart Choice. I like the fact that you gave it a name that didn't have insurance in it. It didn't even have fin or tech or anything in it, right? So I, I actually have this own thing that I, I like people to be smart. I just want people to be smart enough when they are making a, a decision. Uh, and I think I'm 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 there yet, so I know what the ingredients are for to be smart. So I I wanted everyone to be to be like that. So I I I went with a generic name and did not focus on insurance only. And and I told you why I did not focus on insurance because my vision was much bigger. We have served about fifteen thousand customers uh, uh, who have bought insurance policies through us in the last uh, eighteen to twenty four months. Uh, because that is, that is how much time we have been in the insurance space specifically. And uh, we have a range of products from car insurance to travel insurance, health insurance. We operate in both sectors, individuals and corporate side. So uh, retail and the corporate as well. The growth, what I'm seeing in Pakistan, where I see there's a huge potential, there's a huge uh, headway for that. 
Uh, we've made a lot of headway for that is is in health insurance space, I believe. And I think it is a great cause as well because 76% of the population in Pakistan spend uh, on health expenses from out of their pocket. And uh, also there are there are some great hospitals, there are average hospitals, there are government funded hospitals. But generally people want to prefer uh, private hospitals because of good uh, caring facilities. So, um, and not everyone can afford that, but I believe health insurance product can really make healthcare accessible to a lot of people. And uh, so, so I am really, you know, uh, focusing on that. Uh, and I see that there's a lot of innovation that can happen in the health insurance. We are talking to a lot of insurance companies to make products more, you know, make, make it more convenient for everyone, uh, for a mass population. Right now, the biggest in Pakistan in insurance space is that you have to pay the premium upfront for the entire 12 months. Oh wow, okay. So, uh, which is which is quite of a challenge. Not everyone can afford that. So that makes it insurance less affordable in Pakistan. And obviously the buying power is there, but uh, it's it's uh, you have to make it more and more accessible for for mass population. So we're trying to convince, you know, uh, insurance players to come up with unique products. Uh, where this can be done channel for uh, for distributing that product kind of a product and uh, because we understand that uh, the, how these how the technology customers behave uh, where they are what they do so we, we have been really successful in doing that because insurance companies are also investing in their own digital channels right none of them have been able to get the kind of return on their investment the way we have done it for our own channel that's awesome how, how big is your team uh, right now we are 20 plus uh, okay. team. That's a lot of people. And how does it break down between engineers, salespeople, product people? So uh, the biggest uh, side is our call center, uh, which oh, is right. uh, uh, because uh, most part of our products is assisted based sales. Apart from smaller products, smaller ticket size products, most of the other products are, are actually customers like to speak to someone. So they would like to talk to someone to understand the product or they have questions or they would just get more clarity and just build trust whether they can trust you or not. Got it. So uh, even though everything is there on the website, they would still want to talk to someone. So about 10 people there in the call center. Then we have four engineers, then we have two marketers and then a few managers and, and two, 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 two guys in the corporate side as well. Are the insurance companies that are in Pakistan, are they just Pakistan local insurance companies or are they global insurance companies that have an office in Pakistan or a subsidiary there? Well, they, they used to be an international insurance companies in Pakistan, but they no longer are here. They have moved, uh, moved out. Okay. So uh, MetLife used to be there in Pakistan and now it is owned by, uh, there was Aliko, then there was MetLife, which, but now it is owned by a Pakistani group. I, it has transformed into IGI. So there are, there are no international insurance companies in operating in Pakistan. They all the companies are are either most of the most of the you you be I don't know if you'd be surprised, but in Pakistan most of the banks have their own insurance companies actually. Yep, makes sense. So yeah, that is what most of the bigger companies either have uh, are already have a bank and now have an insurance company as well, or other groups they are operating in other sectors and now they have insurance. So in Thailand, we have this thing called the Office of Insurance Commissioner, the OIC, and they regulate the entire insurance industry separate from the banking and investment banking industry, right? Even though it is finance at its core, 
Is sure. there a similar office in Pakistan? And what view do they take on innovation in the insurance industry and specifically on insurtechs? In Pakistan, it is uh, regulated by SECP, which is Security Exchange Commission Pakistan. Got it. So they regulate this industry and they are pretty proactive for the last two to three years. They, they actually have spoken to us. They have taken our opinions on board. Even though we are a very small players, we are still trying to create some uh, disruption in, in the insurance space. They take our opinion. Uh, right now, they, they, they recently launched a sandbox as well. Yeah, so they have where you can actually test out new products and partner with insurance companies for, for a smaller customer base to pilot the product. And they recently came out with new regulations as well uh, regarding how digital distribution channels can operate, uh, what kind of things that they must do to protect the rights of the consumers. Because obviously there's, there's, there's an element that through digital you can sell it, but there, there's a lot of other things that can go wrong as well. Sure. So they are really working on to protect the consumers as well. And then there is an ombudsman in Pakistan where if there is an issue, you can raise a complaint. And they're very fast. They're really responsive to customers. And they have like, they understand that until they don't solve this complaints, customer trust won't build up. And the news would go out that insurance companies are, are not what they, what, they, what they market or what they talk or they tell the customers about. So because insurance is all about trust, it's a piece of paper that you're buying, says a few words, and uh, claim is the only time when you're really able to test that. (laughs) Uh, So it's, uh, and and maybe sometimes you don't even test that for a number of years. It's one product that you buy it, but you never test it. Right. So it's... uh, it's uh, unlike any other product in the world. You still you buy it, you use it, you wear it, you eat it, you do whatever, right? right. Insurance is something might just be under one of your you know, cupboard drawers, wherever, and you don't do it, you don't use it. And and God forbid, we all say that, right? We don't want God forbid we have to use it. It's same for health insurance as well. When we when we sell health insurance, we tell our customers, God forbid, we don't have to use it. But God forbid, what happens then? Right. We have to like that because because obviously it's it's uh, as as part of our faith, we believe in the good part to happen, right? We believe in God would take care of us. So SCCP has been really proactive. They they are really open to new ideas. Insurance companies are also launching new innovative products, and they're very fast in approving. So. Uh, when this coronavirus happened in Pakistan as well and, and globally as well, but when it uh, really became a problem in Pakistan in late February, one of the insurance companies uh, launched a, a product specific for COVID protection plan product in a matter of two weeks. And during that two weeks, they got an approval from, they made the product, they got the approval from, from SCCP and they launched the product. So SCCP has been really supportive towards new initiatives and towards new ways to increase the penetration. That's awesome. Okay, look, the last thing I want to ask you is this. What kind of recommendations do you have based on your own experience of dealing with incumbent insurance companies and helping them better deal with disruption and dealing with startups? Well, first, I think the insurance companies must, when they get into digital channels, they must invest into it properly rather than just adding it as a new channel. And I'm specifically talking about Pakistan. So right. because if you just launch a digital channel and say, oh, this is where I'm going to sell my products as well, it is a it is a good thing that you're doing that now. But when you're doing it, don't do it half-heartedly. Right. Or don't think that it's just not, it's going to take a lot of years before customers 
you know would would acquire or 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 come and use your uh, services they must invest it properly by building a, a team by coming out with products which are sometimes digital first only which are just available on digital channels so there is so you can actually test your offline market and the online market as well and and also understand your customer demographics because in pakistan as as i said there is a huge population you cannot roll out one product and and expect that you will get great results you must understand who you what your customers are customers are and build a product towards that and then communicate it accordingly unfortunately one of the mistakes that is insurance companies are making they are coming out with uh, digital channels they they launching it but they are just putting up their offline products online and saying oh just buy it from here why don't you just buy it from here i know i know it's, it's the first step to do that but they haven't moved away from it for a number of years so uh, so you have to you have to really give something more to the tech savvy customer go on uh, understanding their behaviors and building a product around that i see digital channels being one of the major source of disruption in pakistan because other channels are quite expensive now because of the uh, human resource the building an office or building a branch of everywhere it's a pakistan is a huge country as well right so uh, reaching out to to that customer base and they haven't been success, they haven't been successful in the last 60 years since the inception of pakistan <laughs> so uh, an offline channel has been the only source that they have used or they have relied on bank banks to promote their products through their branches so yeah i, I think uh, uh, they must focus on digital by uh, by coming out by being more focused towards uh, what this channel demands rather than what can i give so so yeah okay sibtain i really want to thank you so much for doing this today the founder of smartchoice.pk this was awesome thank you michael thank you for having me